Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Good day. I'm Doug Brown. Sweeps only in the wild card round of the baseball playoffs. The Phillies make it two straight at home, eliminating the Marlins 7-1. to one. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. A million things to get to here. First and foremost, you go, Doug Brown. How good is that guy? <laughs> Last time he was with us doing updates, Hembo mocked him because Hembo's an idiot for saying good morning when he did the update he just did a moment ago, which is the 11 o'clock a.m. update where we are here in New York City, the 11 a.m. Eastern time, and suggested he should say good day. And today, just to spite you, despite the fact that your criticism of him was ill-placed, ill-timed, and candidly ill-thought, Doug opened his Sports Center update by saying good day. Uh, I didn't take it as a spite. Oh, I, you should I, I have. took that as an admission of him being wrong. No, 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 hardly. Doug, explain to everyone your, what the motivation once was. Once again, your record is perfect, Hembo. You're wrong again. Wrong again. <laughs> you know what this is? I'll tell you what this is. I'll make a comparison, Doug. Here's what it was. If Robert Sala and the Jets are up three touchdowns on Denver, God let it be, with you know 45 seconds left and a chance to score and add to it, Instead of trying to throw a touchdown, they'll take a knee because that's more insulting. It's more of an in-your-face to say, you know what, I don't even want to bother with you. And that's, that's the spirit in which I thought Doug just executed that Yes, he was, he was feigning taking the high road. That's correct. Man. When in actuality, Man. Doug, it was the low road. I wasn't stand it? humble. I will. I will not apologize. Let's yeah, put it enough. that way. Nor should you. Well <laughs> done. You don't need to check his Twitter for a notes app apology. No, I don't. I'm. I'm delighted with that. Next, yesterday, Hembo made other enemies. You make a. You live to make enemies, and then have me fight your battles. Don't act as if you make no enemies. There is a whole cottage industry of Naplajoe enthusiasts that you have insulted <laughs> the last two days, and we won't stand for it. You're saying you have actually heard from people. About my criticism of you for using Nap Lajoie as an, an, an example of something current. Yes, I have received several notes about that. By several? Do you mean more than two? Not more than two. Not less than two either. <laughs> I see. So you've received two notes. That's right. Did either of them come from someone whose last name was Lajoie? <laughs> Both. <laughs> and the other was Chris Russo. And the- <laughs> Chris Russo, I tell you what, I don't, I don't want to hear about it. You think he knows who Len Dawson, you think he knows who Nap Lazaway was? You think he knows who Hannes Wagner was? Are you, are you kidding me? Anyway, you dope. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I make a lot of enemies. Yesterday, you alienated the entire citizenry of Tampa. He, it, Hembo basically went off on the fact that only 19,000 people showed up in Tampa to watch game one of their playoff series. And so I was convinced, convinced that yesterday, just to spite you, they were all going to pack that ballpark that you and everyone else who was making fun of them on the telecast, on the radio cast, on the broadcast, on talk shows. Look how horrible it looks that there's no one at this ballpark in St. Petersburg. I thought they would show up in droves and the attendance went from 19,000 to 20,000. That's it. Another 800 people showed up at the game. The combined attendance of the two games at Tropicana Field was under 40,000 people. It was smaller than the attendance of Game 1 in Philly, smaller than the attendance of Game 1 in Milwaukee, and just slightly more than the attendance of Game 1 in Minnesota. Bear in mind, we're talking about two games combined. That's really embarrassing. It's humiliating. That is, that is 
a, an organization that just deserves way better. The, the Rays are as well run as any team in all of sports when you consider their positioning, like in the cosmos. Mm-hmm. And no one cares. No one comes. And for some godforsaken reason, they have elected to build a new stadium in the same spot. It's, it's unfathomable to me. And that's, they got what they deserved. They lost 11 to 1. The, the, the dozens of people there that were friends and family got to see that ridiculous display of baseball. But I don't know what else to say about it. It's just, it's, there should, South Florida does not deserve two baseball teams, period, new paragraph. You know, one would be led to wonder if they're building another ballpark in the same spot. Is the ballpark part of the problem? I've never been in Tropicana Field on TV, it, it looks uninspiring, and I've heard from many people that it is not a good place to see a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Most of the people I know who go there, a lot of Yankee fans go down there for those series down there because it's a nice place to go or whatever the case may be. A lot of New Yorkers live down in Florida now, so they go to those. So I hear from people that it is a terrible ballpark. Is it possible that a new ballpark, which is much more fan-friendly and, and, and less unsightly will actually help the situation. Only at the beginning. The first couple of years, people will pack that place, or at least relatively speaking, pack that place. But the problem here is not the stadium, which is awful. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an AstroTurf garage. It's awful. The problem is that people there don't love baseball. That's the problem there. And they've had 20 years to figure this out. And for some reason, they have elected to double down. I don't think baseball will ever uh, resurrect itself there. And it's one thing, like in the Marlins case, the Marlins have just generally speaking been a really bad team throughout the course of their history with rare exception. The Rays have recently run that team as well as anybody ever. And yet no one still comes or cares. And that's what bothers me to no end as someone who just adores the game of baseball. Yeah, and and what I can imagine is that there are, because there obviously are people who do love baseball there and care, there just aren't enough of them. And so those people are now mad at you because you're talking about them when in reality what you're basically saying is you don't have enough friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There aren't enough of you to make up what we need here because those are huge places. You know, and and look, I mean, Miami, I know the, the market of, Miami way better than I know the market of Tampa. I've, I've been to Tampa a few times generally for work. I've been to Miami a million times and know that Miami is a melting pot. It is a, a, a very... Um, not sure exactly what the word for it is, but I mean, everyone there is from somewhere. There's, there are plenty of people who are obviously from there, and like, but it is a destination place. It's a place that people move to, which is why when you go to a Dolphin game, you know, back in the time, go to the Dolphin games, sometimes as a Jet fan, you feel like you're basically half the stadium mm-hmm. is rooting for your team because everybody from New York goes down there. So uh, I think that's part of the problem is, is the demographics of the area Maybe it's not so much that they don't love baseball as that isn't their team. Yeah, the, the bigger problem is that there shouldn't be a team there. Charlotte is desperate to have a baseball team. Portland is desperate to have a baseball team. Montreal is desperate to have a baseball team again. Yeah. That's what it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like we have 30 of these like crown jewels, and we're just electing to waste one by putting it there in St. P- Petersburg, to which you have to get to th- the, the weird and complicated causeway so it's not so much an issue with the fans there just aren't enough people there that love it more so than yes you're right more so than people there don't love it okay so that's our little two cents on that in the meantime green light light with greeny to the World Series going through ESPN Radio every pitch here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Catch everybody up on what they need to know right this way. Yeah, the most important thing that you need to know is that we have a heavyweight clash in the National League Division Series between my Phillies, Cam's Phillies, and the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves are 
historically good. Offensively, this is genuinely one of the greatest baseball teams of all time. They were the first team in the history of baseball to, as a team, slug more than 500. They've got the MVP of the National League in Ronald Acuna Jr. They have a player in Matt Olson who broke the single-season home run record for the Atlanta Braves, uh, an organization that has had, uh, <laughs> quite notably, a lot of awesome home run hitters mm-hmm. in their history. And that sets up a, he- a heavyweight clash between these two teams, a series in which Atlanta is favored and for good reason. But... But that collective groan that you heard emanating from the southeastern portion of the country last night were millions of Braves fans that went absolutely nothing to do with a Philadelphia Phillies team that absolutely punked them in the playoffs last year. Because right now, home games at Citizens Bank Park for the Phillies provides the greatest home field advantage in all of sports. And if the Braves wind up splitting games one and two in Atlanta, the series is not going to go back to Atlanta for game five. A reminder, it's a best of five. Uh, Jeff Passon said it with us on TV today that it is really a shame that this is not a best of seven. Well, a shame maybe to your point, and I think he was suggesting that the advantage swings uh, at least a little bit to the Phillies based on the structure of the series. So maybe it's not a shame to you. But in larger, for for the betterment of the sport... This would be a good series to get seven games out of. This, the winner of this series, in my opinion, is going to win the National League. Unless as good just, as the Dodgers are. Yes. Unless they just beat each other up so badly. But this, these are the two best teams in the National League. These are the teams, the teams that are best built to win October baseball games. And the muscle memory that the Braves have from getting humiliated last year in Philadelphia, I think is going to manifest. They, they've been inviting fans to the stadium in Atlanta to have like these simulated games to try and like create an environment that... That, that imitates what's happening in Philadelphia. Like, I've never seen anything like this in baseball because historically, baseball has been the sport for which home field advantage has mattered the least in the playoffs. When you look at, uh, from a record standpoint, that, of course, is in part because usually in, in other sports, like, the, when you get the more home games you get, the better team you are. That's how it works. That's, that's the incentive there. But in baseball, it's almost been a coin flip. Only 55% of the time in baseball does, does, you know, do teams win at home. The Phillies are 24-11. and 11 all-time at Citizens Bank Park. It's the best record for any team in any home ballpark in the history of Major League Baseball's postseason. Like, it's having a tangible impact on the game. And the reason that's so incredibly instrumental in this series is because that doesn't happen in baseball almost ever. Right. It doesn't ever... It's, 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 it's almost like you would put a golfer in an environment in which all of a sudden there's so many more variables, so many more emotions. Like, baseball is not a sport for which having that helps especially the visitor. And so that's why the Atlanta Braves have to come prepared. Otherwise, they're going to get their socks uh, blown off again this yeah. year. Yeah, and, and the scheduling of it is an interesting one because this is one where they're not going to play Sunday. So all four series are going to start on Saturday. Then the American League is going to go Saturday, Sunday. National League is going to go Saturday, Monday. And we're all accustomed to that now because they want to have the games on back to back. All of that, we get it. But so the Braves, who have been sitting and waiting, are now going to play one game, then have an off day immediately. Right. And that's a huge advantage to the Phillies because the Phillies, who just had to play two games, are going to be able to uh, provide further rest to their pitching staff, further rest to their bullpen, which will help. And also, the Braves, because they're so good, haven't played a meaningful game since August. Yeah. I mean, the Braves have effectively been on ice for a month, a month and a half now. 
Whereas the Phillies, because the Phillies didn't have this regular season juggernaut, have had to play high leverage, uh, high impact baseball games all the way through until they clinched at the, the very last week of the season. Honestly, like the Phillies are at a, at a huge emotional advantage in the series. The Braves are a better team, clearly and obviously the better team. I'm not so sure, based upon the injuries to their pitching staff right now, that they're better equipped to win games in October. I think the Phillies are going to do it to them again. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Hembo fired up. If you miss any of the show, a reminder, you can catch both hours, each one in individually on the greenie podcast it's available daily wherever you get your podcasts as we come to you live every day from the seaport brought to you by gray goose so hembo is confident cam are you as confident about the fills in this round two series against the mighty braves i am not as confident i still think it'll be a great series it's gonna go five but the marlins are so bad like that was the least stressful playoff series ever i need to see them in a series in game 1 against the braves before i have confidence because that braves team is better than it was last year and the phillies still have the same like tangible energy like the crowd in citizens bank park is just so deafening watch that side shot of the Bryson Stott home run, it's terrifying to play in that ballpark, I have to imagine, to the point where Spencer Strider doesn't even want fans there. Good luck with that. The Phillies don't quite have that sneaking up on you mentality that they did last year where they were the sixth seed, they hadn't made the playoffs in 12 years. People know they're coming at this point. The Braves are going to be much better prepared than they were last year for them, and they have a better lineup. So I think it's going to go five. It's going to be a great series, but the Braves are just unreal. So I can see this going either way. I'm not quite as confident as Hembo is. The crowd at this at these Phillies games sounds like you're watching like Auburn LSU. It is deafening. It like so- you it can hear like a, it from the from your couch. It, it sounds like an SEC football game. All right, quickly, let me get uh, projections from you. Uh, all four series, Texas, Baltimore. I like Baltimore in this series. A young team, a team that has home field advantage, a team that has pitched great the last couple of months of the season. I think this is their time. I think Baltimore is going to advance in that series. Minnesota, Houston. I like Houston. They have the, two, they have the, the championship pedigree. They have home field advantage again. That's a team that's it's, they're putting it together at the right time. I can't pick against the Astros. Diamondbacks, Dodgers. I like the Dodgers in that series. Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts are as good as it gets. The Diamondbacks, I think, I think the moment will be a little bit too big for them. I did not expect them to, be, to beat Milwaukee. I think the Dodgers are clearly and obviously the better team. All right, there's the picks. Uh, as the baseball playoffs continue, and again, every pitch of it is right here on ESPN Radio. A couple days off, and all four series will begin on Saturday. Coming up next, I'm mad at one of the members of the Hashtag Crew, and you're going to hear why right after this on ESPN Radio. Good day, I'm Doug Brown. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. I'm mad at Cam. Damn it. I am mad at Cam. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm mad at him for the exact reason that he generally is extremely valuable to the program. Cam is in charge of our digital presence. So in addition to being the board operator for this program and all the other responsibilities, putting together our, um, our uh, Google Doc every day with all the different stories and features and everything else, all of which he does well. And in addition to being like the handsomest and, and youngest member of the hashtag crew, which he also does well. He looks exactly like Kevin Jonas. Several people Taylor Swift has dated. He, he, looks, as, he <laughs> looks like many people that Taylor Swift has dated. Not the latest one. Uh, not so much like Travis Kelsey. But don't sell yourself short. Thanks. Anyway, the point of it is this. He is also responsible for cutting up stuff that happens on our show and putting it out there into the world on Twitter and on Instagram. And it goes on the ESPN radio feed. And I trust him implicitly to do a good job at this and not make me look like a doofus. So yesterday I happened to mention just offhandedly on this show, it wasn't a plea. It was merely a, an offhanded comment that I enjoy this impressionist, Joey Molinaro. He's funny. He does funny impressions of different people in sports and stuff. And I also happen to mention that I always, I would love someone to impersonate me because I, I just think it's the highest form of flattery and it cracks me up when they do other people. Caliendo used to come on Mike and Mike all the time and he would do, among many other people, he would do Jim Rome and he would do Mel Kuyper and he would do all these other very imitatable people because they are so distinctive. And I said, really, no one ever does me because I'm just not that distinctive. How would you do me? There's nothing that obvious that would make it me. And so what does Cam do? This was, an, this was a throwaway moment. Out of the two hours we spent on the air live yesterday, he takes that and he puts it on Instagram and he writes as the caption something like, hey, Joey Molinaro, please do an imitation of Greeny. He's dying to be imitated by you and like puts the little clip up there and it's the most pathetic whiny like I'm begging this guy. It is like a thirst trap video, which I don't even really know what it means, but someone told me I should say that. And so the point of the matter is you've got me like groveling, begging Joey Molinaro, who I've never met in my entire life, to do an imitation of me like this is the one thing that'll make my career. So, Cam, you're, you're, you're the way, and now that's out there. We can't undo it. So he's walking around going, ha, ha, Greeny thinks I'm going to do an imitation of him. That's what bothers me about this. You made me look, you made me look terrible in this, Cam, and that's why I'm aggravated. How do you explain it? I don't think it looks that desperate, you know? Like, if they watch the video, you just, you know, they often You don't mention, know what watches the video. They just read true. the caption. That's true. That's they true. Ju- read the caption, Humble. You were just looking at it. Read the words he wrote. You, he wrote. I didn't say dying. Hey, Joey Molinaro, big fan. Which Greeny you are. would love for you to do an impression of him at your earliest convenience. Thanks. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a nice letter. No, that's not a letter. It is what you put on Instagram. You made me look like a doofus. Like, oh, please, Joey Molinaro, if there's one thing that'll finally put my uh. career over the top, it would be if you do an imitation of me saying back and better so, than ever. So, Greeny, uh, uh, Cam 
he texted us this link yesterday, and then I assumed he had asked you before he cut this up and put no, it out there. No, and he just, no. And he just was writes, that. let's make it happen. Right. As if we had agreed upon this as a thing that we should make happen. That's yeah. correct. We're all trying to get Joey Milanero to do an impression of Greeny. That's a, really. a collective We'd goal. We'd like him to do an imitation Well, of I said love. Sorry I went one word too far. Well, it isn't. It, let's put it this way. I think we're hanging in there anyway, right? If he does an imitation of us, it would be delightful. We would love it. I would like. I would like it. Uh. Frank Caliendo, for he was on Mike and Mike like every month for fifteen years. He never did an imitation. Has of me. anyone ever done an imitation of you? They sure have. Liam, Liam once did me. Liam, the beloved English longtime producer of Mike and Mike, once on the air did an imitation of me. <laughs> Go look. You said something there that's. Uh, I want to ask you about it. Uh, you know, I'm up against a break. We'll do that next. Uh, Mike and Mike. You're doing it right now. Uh, I don't even know what I'm doing. Uh, this is how I talk. Uh, Mark Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only. That was the closest thing to an imitation of me. Now. The beauty of an imitation, or the key to an Spot imitation, on, I think. is that, but if you heard it in no context, you wouldn't know he was doing me if you just heard Liam going, I would know. I, would I don't do that. I would definitely know. He, you did, it, you did it in the clip. You do that, not to that extent, but that's a very good exaggerated imitation. Of in you. the 20 seconds, you did what he was impersonating you doing. You're saying that in... in on a, on a semi-regular basis, often enough that people would associate it with me, I go, Yeah, your dead air is, is, is very distinct. You hate dead air, you and sometimes you air. have to fill it somewhere. But that isn't dead air. That isn't me combating dead air. It's me trying to think of something. It's like, what, when I'm going, what's actually happening is, if you can envision what a slot machine looks like when all the things are spinning around, like the cherries and the peach and whatever else they got up there, and, and that's what my brain is doing. It's spinning, trying to come up with the next word. So I'm going, Mark Sanchez, well, or as in the example that he yeah, used Yeah, but people there. usually don't say the sound. They just think the thing. Uh, Too much. But that's a whole different thing. That's not, so now you got to choose. Am I, or am I, you are both. I'm, no, I'm not either you one. You are both. I have made each of those sounds, but they're not associated with those me. Those are distinct sounds. When you hear that guy Molinaro, you only have to hear two seconds, and you know he's doing Chris Collinsworth. You know he's doing uh, McAfee was phenomenal. And see, I mean, those guys, there's a reason. They're very imitatable. They have extremely distinctive sounds. Even if you're not a good impressionist, you could do an imitation of McAfee enough that you'd know it's McAfee. Now, he happens to be very good, so it's excellent. But, and Caliendo is as good as anyone I've ever seen in my entire life. Caliendo's Gruden was so good that sometimes you didn't know if it was him or it was Gruden. Like, we would, you know, we did a bit for years on the show where we would have him come on and we would book like a big guest and he would ha- we would have Caliendo come on with that person doing that person. Mm-hmm. We did it with Stephen A. We did it with Donald Trump. It's funny how that sounds different now, <laughs> but at the time, it was a reasonably normal thing to do. This was a very long time ago, and, and he came on, and he was just plugging The Apprentice left and right by he, I mean, Caliendo, and Trump started saying, oh, thank you for all the plugs, and you couldn't tell who was talking. Wow. That's a really good impression. If he had just come on and gone, then you would not have known who I he was knew. doing. I knew. If I did not know Liam was doing you, I would have still known that was you. All right, let me play it one more, more time. time. Go look. You said something there that's. Uh, I want to ask you about it. Uh, you know, I'm up against a break. We'll do that next. Uh, Mike and Mike. You're doing it right now. I don't even know what I'm doing. Uh, this is how I talk. Uh, what? Uh, yeah, Mark Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs>
You don't do silence I mean, it's well. Funny. You do, you do no, silence. I don't do silence. You, no one does silence worse than you do. But no, but I, well, the, that's one way of looking at it. You're spinning that to the negative. The positive is no one does not having silence better than I do. <laughs> okay, so I learned something in my earliest, earliest days of hosting national radio shows. I'll let you behind the curtain. A lot of the radio stations that we are on, I don't know how many radio stations are, we're on right this minute. At the apex of Mike and Mike, I think we were on like 370 radio stations. I have no idea how many we're on right now. Some of them are automated, which means there is not a human being sitting there like doing anything where they just push a button and we're on. And if there is enough dead air, enough silence, they will click off. They will assume that we have gone to a break or that we've gone down or something, and they will click off. And someone explained that to me early on, and I got petrified of it happening. I got terrified of hearing that in Bemidji, Minnesota, they can't hear us anymore because I left two seconds of dead air, and so boom, they just their automated system cut out. So I don't ever let there be dead air. Is there, do you see what I'm saying? I do. No matter what happens, I'm not going to have there be any pause between what I say and what you said. How many seconds? Is it actually two seconds? Is it I five seconds? Is it Craig Carmazin is here somewhere. He may it's actually know the answer to long. that. I'm it's not exactly sure. There's some amount of time that Bubba might know. Well, Bubba, how much time is it? Well, for for us to get a silence alarm for our side, it's it's um, like 12 seconds. Because every time at the top of the hour, there's at least 10 seconds of silence when stations but have But that's it. planned. It, there's no, 10 no, seconds I, I agree. during so, which time they're running. So you're hearing something that says, you're listening to right. WBLZ. So I'm saying that the alarm is even longer than that. The alarm goes off at 12 seconds, but even that doesn't mean stations flip out. Stations don't start, it doesn't start being automated, at least on our end, until it's like, Two minutes of silence. <laughs> no, that's not right. There's no way it's two minutes. I'm telling you right now. It has never happened on my watch, and it's, it's never going to. It's definitely a lot to. longer than what you're saying. No, I think I think it's like three seconds. It's, that, that doesn't even make sense. You're making excuses for your orca sound. Yeah, that doesn't even make you're any sense. You're making excuses right now. Uh, I don't think that's right. No, that, I'm, I'm telling you right now. So you try and do it. Uh-huh. No, the other one. <laughs> See, that's not what I do. Hello I is not a good impressionist, we it's just like a found screechy. out. It's no, like a you're thinking. Screechy. You're thinking it's a thoughtful sound. It's, mm, I don't know. Like the, like the teeth, like your teeth are clenched when you do it. Mm, they can be. It's, yeah. not, it's, not, it's optional. No, they usually are. Some people do it that way. Some people go without the clenched teeth. No, I mean, there's a lot of different yours are clenched right now interpretations it of it. Well, mm-hmm. sometimes it depends on what's going on. All I'm saying is that Cam did not have to send that out like I'm begging Joey Molinaro to do an imitation of me. And so, Cam, I think you made me look bad. You made, you made me look bad. You made the whole show look bad. Well, we've been talking about impressions and, and Joey included in that for 10 minutes now. So I would say you would like an impression from him. I was just trying to make that happen. You could have said that without that. But you, could, which you, you know what you could do? You could call Joey. I don't have his number. But you, I mean, are you on social media? Every single human being on planet Earth right now can get in touch with every other human being by just DMing them somewhere. Why don't you slide into his DMs? I might now. See, I know what that means. Um, and so you could do it. Now, he, so it, it, but, but let me ask you a different question. Can you do an imitation of anyone? Can you, Hembo, I'll start with you. Can you imitate anyone so that you don't tell me who it is and I'll be able to identify who it is? Are you capable of it? Oh my God! That's uh, I do know what that is. Wow! <laughs> Who is that? I mean, it's a terrible one, but I know what it is because of the specificity of it. It's that guy from um, uh, the guy, guy who made the movie Ted. Uh, Quag- well, Quagmire. Quagmire from Family Guy. I guess who he was supposed to be. Yeah, that, that was, was Quagmire from Family Guy. Okay, yeah. That, but but. 
That's just because of the words you spoke. Yeah, that's not. That even, was so uncomfortable. That's not even really an impression. Yeah, he it, just, it was an impression. It just, was an impression. Yeah, I just giggity did, like Quagmire. You just did giggity. the words from Family Guy. That was yeah. That was not good. I, that, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'll accept. You asked it. me to do it, and I shot my shot. Okay, fair enough. Uh, uh, Bubba, can you do an imitation of anything or anyone so that I would know what it was without you telling me? I don't think so, no. But Cam can, so let's just default to Cam. Okay, let's default to Cam. Cam, do someone, and let's see if we can tell who it is. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? Okay, so let me stop you right there. So here's where you ruin it. That's a very good Kermit the Frog. If you had just said other words, like don't, because it, anyone will know what it is because you're singing Kermit the Frog's song. I want it to be hammered home. But just say the words I want it to be hammered home as Kermit the Frog. I want it to be hammered home. See, that's better. That was better. That was better because now it's much funnier. I'm just giving you some, some tips. If you just sing his song, then that's just one thing. Then your imitation had better be absolutely perfect. But if you do Kermit the Frog producing a radio show or something else, that's pretty good. Was his Kermit the Frog better than my Quagmire? Way better. hundred times better. Really? million times. Millions of times better. Wasn't even comparable. Okay, greeting with you here on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Next, the NFL had to release a statement saying, we're not making too big a deal about Taylor Swift. Who decided they needed to do this? I'm here to defend the NFL. I am not here to bury the NFL. I'm here to praise it. There is not a business on planet Earth that would look Taylor Swift in the face. What's the expression? Looking a gift horse in the mouth? I, that would look at that and say, you know what? Nah, don't worry about it. Taylor, you want to be, you want to give us trillions of dollars in free marketing and publicity. You want to bring literally millions of people and make them interested in our product that otherwise wouldn't be, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. Not so much. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard anyone expect them to do. The NFL had to release a statement suggesting that they are not, uh, they're not making too big a deal of this. They said the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey news has been a pop cultural moment we've leaned into in real time as it's an intersection of sport and entertainment and we've seen an incredible amount of positivity around the sport. The vast majority of our content has remained focused on the game, our players, and a variety of other initiatives, including our Toy Story Fun Day football altcast, the international games, and more. That is in uh, response to whatever criticism they were receiving. And I would like to add to it on behalf of the NFL and and by the way, can we trouble you for a large warm glass of shut the hell up? You're complaining about this? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever even considered what a business does? Taylor Swift is the most famous person in the world, the most popular person in the world, the most beloved person in the world. She is willingly and of her own volition offering to give you trillions of dollars worth of exposure and interest and everything else. And the NFL is bearing criticism of this so much that they felt the need to respond. There are some things that do not, you should not be glorifying the idiocy of people who are suggesting you should be doing otherwise with a response. Do you know who those people were? Who? The Kelsey brothers. Well, that's Jason hilarious. And K- uh, Travis Kelsey were the ones on their podcast. By the way, they have a podcast. If you didn't know, they had a podcast that said the NFL was overdoing it. The Kelsey brothers, the kings of overdoing it, said the NFL was overdoing it. That's exactly right. Travis Kelsey is basking 
in a moment in which he has gone from being a very famous football player to being a true celebrity. Those are two different things. Almost no football players become celebrities. There's a big difference between being famous and being a celebrity. He was famous, and now he's a celebrity. That wasn't an accident. This wasn't thrust upon him. He, this was something that he wanted. It has been calculated and done. God bless him. I'm not critical of it, but the idea that he's saying the world is overdoing this is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. The world is Kelseyed out. The world is not tailored out. Yeah. Signed everyone. And, and, and the world is not Kelseyed no, out. No, the world is Kelseyed out. No, they're not. You may be Kelseyed out because you're a doofus. I'm and you, like, out. you still miss the days of Nap Lajaway. The Kelseys are having fun. They are living their best life. Their mom has become a celebrity. Their podcast is blowing up. Travis Kelsey is blowing up. Jason Kelsey. They're having fun. This is life. Let them live it for crying out loud. Why is anyone begrudging them this? He's a great player. He's a, he's a great player who seems to have a big personality. And whatever it is that is or isn't actually happening with him and Taylor Swift, it has turned into a cultural moment. He's leaning into it. The idea that he's protesting it is ludicrous. That's what I'm saying is that there is an enormous amount of irony in the fact that the Kelsey brothers of all people are the ones telling the NFL they're overdoing it. Let me hear this. I think it's fun when they show uh, who all is at the game. You know, I think uh, I think it brings a little bit more to the atmosphere, brings a little bit more to to what you're watching. Um, but at the same time, I think uh, they're overdoing it. They're they're overdoing it a little bit for sure, especially my situation. Right. I think they're they're just trying to have fun with it. And um, a lot Here's of uh, a lot of the people watching. Go ahead. Let's hear it. I just think the NFL is not used to celebrities coming to the games. Okay, so uh, that didn't sound like they were really complaining about it. Are they overdoing it? I mean, I guess that's in the eye of the beholder. Were you happy with 12 cutaways to Taylor? Would you have been less happy with 8? Would you have been more happy with 19? Somewhere in, in all the middle of that. But the point is, the idea that the National Football League should apologize for leaning into the biggest and most beloved star in the world suddenly becoming an open fan of their product is the dumbest criticism I've ever heard in my life. Speaking of dumb, here's Hembo with today's trivia question. So which active or which current Major League Baseball stadium has played host to the most postseason games all time? Which active ballpark has played host to the most postseason games? Wow. That's a, I actually like that question a lot. We'll come back with the answer on ESPN Radio. Uh, Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Delighted that we all come together every day here. And if you want to be a part of Greeny Nation, you can do it on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation's presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of a nice cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Wow. Okay. And how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Hembo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? Sneaky Hembo, go. I really like this question. Hembo, today's question is... Among all, among all active stadiums in Major League Baseball, which has hosted the most postseason games? Major League Baseball's postseason, by the way, dates to 1903. All right, 1903. So 120 years of postseason baseball, which means Nap Lajoie didn't get to play in any of it. Um, Bubba, which ballpark that is still active do you uh, think has hosted the most individual postseason games? Bubba like, is cursing Hembo's name back here. Cam and I have just been agonizing over these. I don't understand how it's not Fenway or Wrigley, but there's a chance he's sneaky. I'm going to be really mad if it's Fenway or Wrigley, but I'm going to go Dodger Stadium. 
Dodger Stadium. So that's another old one that's been around a really long time. Not as long, of course, as Fenway or Wrigley. But amongst the rest of the ballparks in, in the sport, it's got to be amongst the oldest, I would think. I haven't sat in here done all the math because I think I came up with what I think is the answer immediately. Cam, that's one vote for Dodger Stadium. What do you got? Yeah, I keep looking like I'm copying Bubba, but I am also going to say Dodger Stadium. Okay, so here's what I thought. Fenway and Wrigley have been around for almost the entirety of that time. Wrigley, I believe, was built in 1912 or something, opened in right around that time. So both those ballparks have been around forever. Now, for what remains the majority of baseball's history, there was no postseason. There was just the World Series. There were no individual playoff games. And, by the way, neither the Cubs nor the Red Sox were ever in them, uh, practically. Or I should say the Cubs were never in them. The Red Sox were. The Red Sox were in the World Series in the 70s. The Red Sox had a couple of other trips. And then obviously in this more recent era where there have been multiple layers of playoffs, the Red Sox have played a ton of postseason games, probably more than any other team. Probably right there. I will say this. I was 100% ready to go Fenway. And now all of a sudden, Dodger Stadium has definitely made me rethink it. The advantage of going third but, I don't, I don't yeah, why don't you go for, first every once in a while, I don't care for the way you go okay, about this. then I'll just do it. I will go with my original My original guess was going to be Fenway Park. The correct I, answer is right. Dodger Stadium. Oh, oh damn yes. it. The boys got it right and I got it wrong. So, yes. so old Yankee Stadium played host to 161 postseason games, far and away the most. Dodger Stadium is second all-time at 103. Fenway Park is third all-time at 91. So it's 12 off. They went right to Dodger Stadium when they moved there from Brooklyn? 1963 was the first So the year. ballpark has not been... They played, no, so 63. They went before 63. Yeah, they played at the, at the Coliseum for a few years. Okay. Um, but they played at Dodger Stadium since That's what I wasn't sure of mm-hmm. is what year Dodger Stadium as we know it, as, as, as I guess it still is, was first opened. Okay, well uh, done. By the way, this is just nuts. I guess it's intuitive, but it's just nuts. There are 47 uh, at Wrigley Field. 57 at Minute Maid Park, where the Astros play. That is terrible, <laughs> oh my isn't it? That's Astonishing. a sad commentary. All right, fair enough. So what are the uh, the standing tally right now, Cam? I am 4-7. and seven. You and Bubba are 3-8, and eight, and Mark Cuban is 0-1. Okay, fair enough. Poor Mark. Uh, he's not going to get another shot at that. I wouldn't. Th- he's welcome to come well, on any time. can't rule that out. Come back any time, Mark. He can no, come back not rule that out. and ask for a back. question. Um, in the meantime, as, as the camera panned onto Cam there, I think I saw Liam sitting behind you. It, it may be a coincidence that Liam is in the room, or is Liam on because we have played your imitation of me? Which of those two things is what happened here? A bit of both. I was coming and checking on the guys, but you did just, you know, play me. Oh. So, so here's my question. What's that? I've never seen him come check in on the guys. Yeah, so, he doesn't usually come check in on the guys. So the idea that you just did this 20 minutes it. after we just played his bit seems unlikely. Well, how? I mean, what are, you're in literally in New York, so how would you We see come, you guys all the time. Yeah, we see the camera comes on you guys right. all the time, and I've never but seen... Just because if Liam's not sitting in the seat, I mean... We have I a feed here that we I, see I don't know if Hembo telling, telling us whether you've seen Liam check on the guys is what, what you should go by. Greeny, have you point. ever seen Liam, Liam check on the guys? how regularly would you say you check on the guys? Daily. He's in the room all the time. He just doesn't sit down next to Cam when you're on the air. Let that man talk. Yeah, let me think about it. Uh, <laughs> um, sorry. Dead air. Uh, multiple times most of the time. Good day. Let, and, me, uh, yeah. Yeah. let me ask you a different question, Liam. How much dead air is too much? Which is to say, if I were to allow 
four seconds of just utter silence on this program, would or would not some automated stations just click off? No, they wouldn't because it's more in line with Bubba. But what you did on the drive-in when you paused for two seconds, I couldn't stand it. It was so... Like that, which is too much. That's but no, exactly right. I think it's like 15, but Bubba's right. For him to click off, it's longer than that. We have alarm, alarms would go off here. It would be like But under what but circumstances worse. are there going to be 15 seconds of dead air in a program? Unless it's sitting here, at some point in my life, I die. No, it's, only, well, it's only if there's things go terribly wrong. That's the point. So if someone just pauses for four seconds, making a dramatic pause, stations aren't going to all of a sudden cut to commercial. Are you telling me that... The neuroses I have lived with for the last, let's call it 20 years of my life, this terror of any silence, of any dead air, which has infiltrated other parts of my life. This has now entered into my daily existence. At at no point when I'm talking to you, anyone who knows me will know that if there is ever a silence longer than this, I'm going to jump in and start talking. No matter what else happens, you're telling me that was unnecessary, that we could have six seconds of dead air on this show and nothing bad would happen? Well, it's unnecessary in the sense that affiliates are not going to switch to commercial. Now, is it good radio and do we like it from that sense? No. So I think your neuroses worked out correct, but are stations going to all of a sudden switch off and all of a sudden go to Christian rock? No. I think we're okay. <laughs> Easy, but, Easy. But we're okay. I mean, the point is, it, it, when you pause for four seconds, we're, our nature, it, it's, it's just jarring. It's It's terrible. So, of all the examples you could have chosen, you went with Christian Rock? Yeah. We, like, do we really think that on a show hosted by a guy named Greenberg, the backup is Christian Rock? Oh, the, the stations, they're all clusters. they got, like, four different things. They're going to have a talk show, uh, a Christian Rock, uh, a rap, and, uh, you know, and uh, news talk, so... So why couldn't you have gone with news talk? I mean, isn't the likelier backup to me news talk? Well, the backup to me is Christian Rock. <laughs> that's exactly right. If Hembo should die on the air, <laughs> because that's the Giggity. only way we're going to have that much silence. True. It's just not going to happen otherwise. Do you know None any Christian Rock lucky. bands, by the way? Uh, 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 not really. Have you heard of Switchfoot? P.O.D.? No, I have not. I mean, I, no. So just keep naming others? No. Under no, circum- no this No. You're, you're, you're treading into an area here mm. that I think is, has the... No potential for good things to happen and only potential for bad things to happen. So let's just move on with our day here. Um, good luck to the Bears tonight. Uh, we'll see what winds up happening. We'll be back talking about it tomorrow. Enjoy the day. It's Greening on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcasts.